You are watching the ESPN FC Daily. Yes, look at this. Arrived during the game, I'm told, LME. He's got his Ronaldo shirt on. Love that, love that. Ronaldo, R9 shirt. The, the R9, K-Murray, the R9. R9 I love it, I love it. Did you get me one? Yeah, it's coming. It's coming tomorrow. <laughs> hey, 4-1 to Brazil. Brazil may have won the first half, but South Korea won the second. I mean, that's, that's the nicest thing I could say. A fair play to them, but what a performance. That was a vintage Brazil, Luis. Vintage Brazil. No other way to put it. This is the Brazil we have all been waiting for. This is the Seleca we have all been waiting for. It's no surprise why so many of us predicted Brazil to do well at this World Cup and obviously still think that they not only will win it, but at the very least reach the final. It was just a magnificent display where in the second half it was really more of cruise control. Brazil have used more players at this World Cup than anybody else. So Chiche rotated a lot in the second, but the first half, okay, every single goal was just a piece of magnificent Brazilian art. And really, Neymar, Vinicius Jr., Rafinha, Casemiro, Paqueta, I mean, who, you know, just everybody was just clicking and and finally, we get to see some, some samba dancing as well. Just, just beautiful, Kay. Really great to see. Great to see. Great to see Neymar back in the 11 as well. Him fighting fit in this one. That Brazil lineup, though, you've just mentioned some of those names. It is not even fair. James Ollie was at the game today. He was actually there at the game. How lucky can you be? He's going to join us now and tell us what it was like, or what it is like to see this Brazil side in this sparkling form and live james tell us more yeah well do you know what? at one point during the first half they're knocking this stadium down well they're dismantling the stadium it's the last game going to be played here and i was thinking they should just move it to brazil somewhere and erect it <laughs> as a homage to some of the football that was being played it was that good particularly that third goal i mean that's one of the best goals i've seen live in, in a long time um yeah i mean just a fantastic sort of sea of color not full, I have to say, sadly. I mean, that, that is a crime in itself. You think about how many people would want to see Brazil in a in a knockout World Cup game. It's a you know, it's a it's an experience, it's an event in itself. Um, but still there was sort of you know, a sea of yellow dotted all the way around the stadium. The samba music started early on from the first goal and then basically carried on, you know, all the way through the first half, permeated by those punctuated by those four goals. Um, yeah, pr a privilege to be here really and, and the second half ultimately just became about managing the game through. So thinking about the quarterfinals, taking Militao off on the yellow card and, you know, getting some valuable minutes into Neymar, giving Martinelli a run out. It was all just, you know, come down the gears, having been so so slick and smooth in that first half. James, I'm curious on your opinion, uh, specifically in that first half. Uh, what do you think was it that just, like, clicked? Because obviously, like, in the preview, Kay and I and, and the guests, everybody... Our colleagues here at uh, ESPN were thinking, you know what, Ale Moreno, et cetera, were thinking, you know what, Brazil are going to go out for blood here. And that's exactly what they did in the first 45. But I think it was more than just, you know, Neymar's return. What did you, you know, seeing it live, watching it live, what do you think was the, the key factor to this uh, magisterial victory, specifically in that first 45? What was it for you that you saw in that first 45 minutes? Well, it's it's the speed of the passing, really, because what they were able to do was to, to get Rafinha and Vinicius in particular, and obviously Neymar, into those attacking positions early with space. And if you give those players space, they're, they're going to destroy you. And, and that's exactly what happened. It was, the, it was the speed. They 
they play with a very high defensive line, so they sort of suffocate the, op- the opposition anyway. But when they move the ball quickly, suddenly these these really skillful players have got have got time, and, and all they need is a fraction of a second to go and deliver. And that's what they were doing. And they were just, and also it's you know when things flow and come together like this, it's about correct decisions in the final third, isn't it? It's about execution and timing, and and, and that's what you saw, particularly obviously for that third goal, the interplay, just everybody. You know, it's as if if you were playing a video game and you were controlling the players, they were playing how you'd want them to play. If it was one person controlling it, and when they're thinking with sort of one brain like that, it's just devastating to watch. It is devastating to watch. I wonder what Mark Ogden was thinking, because yesterday he went early and said that England are better than any team in the tournament. And I said, even better than Brazil. And he was like, yep, yeah, I think so. Was that what money, Mark? What do you think of our colleagues' comments like that, James? Well, maybe Mark had a drink at lunch. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's possible. You know, I mean, England, England, look, England, were, England were good, but England haven't really been attacked. And actually, Senegal in that first sort of 30 minutes, they did attack England and they looked very vulnerable. And if Senegal could do that, with the greatest respect to Senegal, particularly missing Mane, obviously, think about what Brazil could do. I mean, no one needs to think about anything more than what Kylian Mbappe in France could do on Saturday, as far as England is concerned. But no, I mean, look, I, I've, had, I've had Brazil as my pre-tournament favourites. I haven't seen anything really to change my mind. And, and really, tonight only reinforced it. Obviously, with the greatest respect to South Korea, it felt like a bit of a game too far for them tonight. And they're going to be tougher tests for Brazil coming, clearly, potentially, the semi-final against Argentina. Although, Holland are going to give them, the Netherlands are going to give them a very tough ride. But um, I, I, I can't have England as favourites, no. I, I, I just, they're not a country that beat big nations in knockout football. They've never done it. They've never done it outside of Wembley. So, you know, that is a major historical barrier they've got to overcome. And, then, you know, and when you, when you watch Brazil go and play like that and you sort of think about the pre-tournament form of players like Harry Maguire, although he's been fairly solid in this tournament, John Stones, yeah, I, 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 I could not be sit, sat here without a £13 pint of lager inside me and not say that England are not anywhere near favourites to win this because they're not yet. Thirteen pounds, man. Times have definitely changed. That's for that's for damn sure. I, I I have Brazil and England as my final, but James makes some good points about you know just the history of what happens in that regard. Hey, let's talk about Neymar again, James. Uh, his return, scoring that penalty, and he's now one goal away from tying Pele's record for the all-time scorer for the Brazilian national team. It's quite an achievement, uh, so to speak. Where where does he rank for you? in the pantheon of attackers, not just Brazilians, but overall. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I think he still has some work to do to be considered there with. I mean, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the relentless goal record of a Messi or a Ronaldo, but there are very few players of his generation or any generation really who can make a top side dance in his tune, and that and that's what they did tonight. He, you know, he was the orchestra, and when he delivered. He was conducting the orchestra, and when he delivers performances like that, you know he's up there with the very best we've seen. I mean, I, I just think he's not quite on the Messi and Ronaldo level yet for longevity, um, you know, for consistency, and just the goal, the goal record alone. But um, yeah, I mean, for flair players, I mean, remember he's been injured as well. You know, you think you think he. he You'd give him a bit of space thinking he might be a bit rusty tonight. But he looked as if he'd been playing every minute of the tournament and absolutely bang sharp. So, you know, you'd expect him to actually get even better from here. If he can define a World Cup for Brazil, you know, in these latter stages, then that really does move him into the very, very highest level of, uh, of all-time greats. So much swag in this. Like, if you just thought, like you were talking about that first half, Louis, so much swagger in this Brazil side. Neymar back in it as well. Obviously, a big deal too. And I feel as though... Once again, it's like when we were watching them when we were all growing up, you know, that, that that side of the 90s that we would be so excited by. And it feels as though they're the neutrals choice then when it comes to that. When you look at this fact that many people will go for Argentina because they love Messi so much, it's hard to root against Brazil as well when they bring this joy to the game, when they bring this joy to the celebrations too. Do you agree, LME? Yeah, 100%, Kay. You kind of took the words out of my mouth and that's why I wear Phenomenon. That's why he's one of my... Uh, childhood heroes, teenage heroes, to your point, the Brazils of not just, you know, the 70s, which is arguably one of the greatest teams uh, the game has ever seen, but also the 90s and 2002. And it's why, actually, when I joined ESPN back in September, I wanted to write about Brazil and I wanted to write about this national team and why, you know, there's so much, uh, you know, I guess happenstance that could happen in this particular tournament. The fact that it's the 20-year anniversary since they won their last one in 2002. To me, Brazil growing up, you, you took it right out of my mouth, Kay. Like to me, Brazil growing up is just magic. It's just royalty. It, it's everything that you want in the game. You know, the, the passing, the scoring, the flair, you know, from De Nilson to Roberto Carlos and Romario Bebeto. And then you move up to Ronaldo Phenomeno to now, not just Neymar, but Vinicius Jr., Paqueta. You know, they bring out everything that you love about the game. And we can talk until we're blue in the face about stats and X's and O's. But when you see Brazilians play, it's this, you, can, you might as well replace the World Cup match to what they, you know, the streets of Rio de Janeiro. Like, that's why we love this sport. And, you know, I love the fact that they went up to Chiche and started dancing. I don't care what anybody says. They feel this game, this sport within their blood and it's everything. And it's so intoxicating. And, and, and to be honest with you, I want, you know, if we have England going far, obviously from a personal connection, we want that to happen. But I want Brazil to bring back that magic. And I'm glad that we saw it today. Yeah, I'll tell you what else. There's a bit of a good omen here. Neymar and Vinny Jr., both with a goal and an assist today. The last match where two Brazil players had a goal and an assist in the same match was in the 2002 yeah. World And Vinicius Cup. Jr., by the way, just very quickly, Vinicius Jr., like, you know, remember, it wasn't too long ago when he was being, you know, uh, whether it's you call it a racial motivated uh, comment or anything else, you know, the fact that he, he wanted to make a statement, you know, he wanted to just not just entertain, but he wanted to make sure that everybody knew, you know, if I'm dancing, 
It's because I'm celebrating everything that I love about this game. So I'm so happy for him today. Yeah, great to see. Did you like that, James? A bit of Chiche. Oh, hang on a minute. Mina Kimes. <laughs> Brazil, oh, Mina. I have a family. Oh, Mina, oh. I'm so sorry for you and your mom as well. I know. <laughs> Nobody Mina. imagined. I know. I know. Those who don't know Mina Kimes, of course, a colleague, uh, you know, South Korean descent. Her mother is a massive South Korean fan, massive Hyun Ming Sun Sun. And, and obviously, uh, she was like, Brazil, please take it easy. <laughs> so, I did. Um, I have to say, okay. when, when the penalty was given, which, which, let's be fair, was a bit soft. Um, when the penalty was given, I, I saw Hyun Son on the halfway line just drop his head because he just, it, 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 I think he knew 2 0 down after 12 minutes. It's not saying he'd given up because he'd never give up. He's a, he's a proper competitor, you know, right to the end. But I think he knew in that moment this is going to be a very, very long, long evening yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was bowing having, down. Having, great, having right? said that, it yeah. was quite the consolation goal, James. Yeah. Do you know? What a goal! I was I was just about to leave, funnily enough, to come down to get set up to do this, and I, I thought, oh, I'll stay for a couple of minutes. I'm so glad I did. What a strike! Absolutely. I mean, Alison made a phenomenal save uh, a couple of minutes earlier. I mean, actually, incredible uh, to, to 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 spread himself and and, and tip that Sancho around the post. Um, but he could do nothing there. And, it, and again, it's a little bit like Son. Actually, he sort of I saw him just just sat in his goal, sort of legs spread, just in disbelief, thinking, I. You know, I, I played pretty well here, but I, you know, it could have been two of me in a goal and I wouldn't have stopped that. Yeah, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic goal. So, right. um, one more then, Kay, for James I have before he leaves. It, it, Brazil will, you know, do you think uh, the Croatia matchup, obviously Croatia will prove to be a different type of opponent, but how do you see them doing against Croatia? Do you still see them, as we were talking about, going to the semis and then the final? How do you see this matchup against Croatia? The semis is a different matter because I think it will go up a level no matter who they play. I'm not sure that Croatia have really got the legs to keep up with Brazil if they can play like that again. If they can reach anything like that level of fluidity and control in the game. And I remember coming on here the first game Brazil played, when, when, you know, and I'm talking about the level of control then. There isn't a team I've seen play with that control. Maybe at times England, maybe at times but I think, you know, Brazil, if you combine the control they've shown with the quality of football they've produced in the tactics, I, I just don't see how Croatia are going to live with them, really. I know it's a boring prediction, but I, I think that's where we are. No, I, I agree. I agree. It was, remember, it was the, the game in 2014 when they opened up. It was Brazil against Croatia. Brazil won 3-1. Two goals from Neymar, one from Oscar. The goal for Croatia was a Marcelo own goal, and it was. Um, it, do you remember this? It was the first occasion in a FIFA World Cup history in which an own goal, which was also the first ever own goal scored by Brazil in World Cup finals, opened scoring in the tournament. So there's a bit of history between the two sides. That's great stuff, Kay Murray. We're, we're like actually going to keep you around, James Ollie, because we've got some England chat coming on later. So if you don't mind, we'll keep you here. You know, you've just had the pleasure of watching Brazil live. You can give us a few minutes extra, can't you? Do a bit of work, yeah. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. You know, you've been enjoying yourself all evening. Hang around, do a bit of work. Yeah, I've got it. Okay. So let's so let's do it then. Let's throw it ahead because we've got more last 16 games to talk about. Morocco against Spain and Portugal taking on Switzerland. Luis and I both have Morocco going through against Spain. Were you made to do your bracket, James? 
No, but I will disagree with you, not just for the purposes of a YouTube show, but also because I actually <laughs> believe that Spain will 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 go through. I, I, I look, I mean, it's I was amazed how passive they were in their last game, considering for whatever it was, a couple of minutes, they were actually going out. And yet they they you know they knock the ball around and they you know found a little one two here and there and then they switch it back to the centre halves and then they might move it into midfield and then move it around. And you're thinking, what are you doing? Where's the where's the penetration? Where's the sort of urgency and energy that is going with this control? It's absolutely sort of the most passive uh, domination of possession I've seen from a team for a while. And I just I guess the occasion maybe was part of it that they sort of thought, well, actually we don't need to win this and. Clearly, I think Luis Enrique said afterwards that he wasn't. He didn't know that they were going out at one stage, and although that never became an issue for them, clearly there was some sort of confusion going on there, which you know, in a straight knockout game, shouldn't be there. So, I would expect them to play with a little bit more purpose, a little bit more focus, frankly, in in, in, in what they're trying to do. Um, so, I would expect then, therefore, their quality to shine through and, and, and to, to reach the uh, the next round. Yeah, there's no denying of, of, of how good Morocco has been. I think Ziyech has been fantastic. Uh, it's been building for this African side, this North African side, to really get going in a tournament, and, and it's proven to be so. And, and Kay, you and I have them going. I feel that maybe it was a little bit of a recency bias. We had just, like, gotten the energy of Morocco and, and obviously what happened with Spain uh, in the last game there. And I called Luis Enrique a little bit arrogant in that final match uh, to, to everything that James just said, being a little bit too passive. But, you know, I think just with the narratives of everything that's going on right now, I wouldn't be surprised to see Spain obviously take full care of business. But I hope Morocco shows up because they are a very talented side. I just hope that they're aggressive and they do the old Mike Tyson quote, right? Everybody has a plan until you punch them in the face. I hope that Morocco does that to Spain. It should be a cracking game. Well, yeah, I think there was probably... You know, the issue there, really is... The, the only, go, on, go on, James. No, I was just going to say that, you know, the problem that Spain had was when Japan pressed them, they really didn't know how to react to it, which is remarkable for a Spain team, really. And, and the Moroccans have been really, really good on in the press. And that is going to be a key probably the key part of the game really is how Spain reacts to that to that press from the Moroccans because it will be ferocious, it will be intense and it won't stop even if they go behind. So um, Spain have got to react to that better. And if they don't, if they slip into this more this more passive style again and they start, it was almost as if they were looking around for someone to take control of it. You know, uh, if they get into that mindset again, then they, they could get into could get themselves into problems. But as I say, I, I just... I don't know. Yeah, maybe Luis is right. Maybe I'm partly influenced by the way these results are going in the tournament in general. We, you know, we're getting to the point where you know we're a couple of games away now from having a, an absolute blockbuster quarterfinal lineup of, you know, arguably maybe with the exception of Germany and Belgium, but pretty much all of the best teams. Everybody that you would have expected to get through is pretty much there. Um, and so maybe part of me is thinking, well, Spain will come good because we've seen so many of the other elite nations do the same. Yeah, admittedly, we did have it as one of our surprises of this round. But I think they conceded one goal in the group stages. They topped the group. They're just looking very convincing. And that, that stat as well, like Spain are going to have to have their firing boots on. Because obviously, we've seen the possession that they have. We know they're going to have that. But you've got to do something with that. And they were cut open pretty easily as well by Japan. So it was a few things that at the time, we thought if there's going to be a surprise here, I think it could well be Morocco. And to be 
fairness, maybe it wouldn't be that much of a surprise given what they've shown us so far. So that's that one. And then there's Portugal against Switzerland. And this has divided a few, especially a few of our panelists on ESPN FC who feel that Switzerland will get the job done here. What do you think, James? Okay, so before the tournament started, I thought Portugal would be the the, the team to sort of blow up and kind of do a Germany-Belgium type thing, because not least because of the Ronaldo issue, all of that sort of thing. So I kind of have to pick Switzerland here um, because if they get to the because I could probably argue it if they crash out in embarrassing circumstances in the last sixteen that I was right. But now I sort of feel if they get to the quarterfinals, then that that prediction's gone out of the window, and I, you know I could be strung up from the nearest bridge. But I just I, I think um, I don't know. I just I'm not been convinced by Portugal in any of their games really, and there is this Ronaldo situation bubbling along. You know we we now know that. You know, the manager's not entirely happy with his reaction to being substituted in the last game. Oh, well, where there's a surprise. Haven't we heard that before? You know, we've seen it umpteen times at Manchester United before. Of course, he had his contract cancelled where he left, depending on who you talk to. And I just feel that there's that there's that issue bubbling along the whole time. It's just going to nibble away at their, at their unity, at their team spirit. Um, and Switzerland have got all of that in abundance. They're an absolutely, really well-drilled, resilient side you know, came through against Serbia in really tremendous circumstances. I think this one will be an extra time job, maybe even penalties. Um, and, I, and I'm just going to lean towards Switzerland just so I don't look a, look a complete fool before the tournament's time. <laughs> All right. So we've got a question here because you mentioned that Fernando Santos is quote saying that he wasn't happy with Ronaldo and his reaction after that South Korea game, which I still don't understand why he's done that publicly at a time like this. But obviously he has his reasons and I'm sure we'll find out more. And we have a question relating to that, which says, with Fernando Santos's quotes about Ronaldo, should he still start? Should he, should he still start, Luis? Well, I mean, I think that question goes two ways. Should he or will he? He will start because Ale Moreno said it perfectly earlier. He's going to start. It doesn't matter about the comment. He'll start. Should he? Portugal play better without Ronaldo in the starting 11. They, they do. Like in those last minutes in the final game against, you know, Uruguay, they, they really played much better without him. They're more mobile up front. The trio uh, mobilizes itself better, I think. Bernardo Silva has been fantastic. Bruno Fernandes. Rafa Leao should get more minutes in this thing. So without him, they're actually better. And I'm with James. At the beginning of this tournament, I didn't even have them getting out of the group. But it was justified because Fernando Santos can also have tunnel vision sometimes. They're very reactive. But in the group stages, he proved to be differently. So in this game itself, I think Switzerland are going to prove to be very resilient, very strong, relying on the pace and strength of Brilin Bolo and such. Shakiri, of course, Granit Xhaka. But I think that Ronaldo will start. Should he? No. I think Portugal are much better without him and with him coming on in the last 20 minutes. But that's not going to happen. Have you got any thoughts on it, James? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, look, the question really is, what has it done to team morale internally? You know, has has it created a problem within the camp? Because if it has, then you shouldn't play him. But the issue is really, Ronaldo tends to make these things all about himself. And here we are talking about Ronaldo ahead of a, you know, a game involving two countries, knockout of the World Cup, and we're talking about one player. Now, we might have done that to some extent anyway, I suppose, because Ronaldo is one of the greatest there's ever been. But really, hasn't done enough purely in terms of his performances to suggest that he should be starting up front? Maybe not. Is he still in there on reputation? And 
you know, fair play. Who's got a better reputation in these tournaments than Ronaldo? But I think you'd have to start him because the, the fallout, if you don't, you know, imagine Portugal go out and Ronaldo doesn't start. You know, it would be apocalyptic, really. So I think he... he and maybe, maybe, maybe Ronaldo knows that. Maybe part of the issue is Ronaldo's thinking, well, look, I'll absolutely guarantee I start if I make a massive issue about coming off. You know, let's just settle any debate now. You have to play me, otherwise all hell's going to break loose if you don't start me and we go out. <laughs> Well, we've had another fun question, and it's to your response, actually, Luis, but it says, but if Portugal need a goal late on, Ronaldo will be the man they look to deliver, won't he? Well, my friend, what did I say in my answer? I said, if you put him late on, then yeah, he could probably be more of an impact. So yes, I'm agreeing with you. That's why I think, <laughs> like, I think you begin Portugal without him. If you want strategically to beat Switzerland, and then if you want to put him on and you want to go late on for Portugal, you start Ronaldo. Look, James said it perfectly. Like, Ronaldo's about one person, Ronaldo. And, but Kay, I think you bring up the most important. But it's also tackle. made him who he is as a player as well, Louis. 100%. About but I, 100%, 100%. And I said that in the earlier show. It's what makes him him. There's no way you can deny what he's done for this game. He's an absolute winner. He just is. But guess what? Time waits for no man. And I think he's coming to terms with the horrible realization that he's not getting any younger. The thing that worries me, though, is what you said, Kay. These comments came from Santos. Not like another player, not a pundit, not a coach. The head coach, Fernando Santos, showing a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, he's a little bit annoyed about what's happened. So that, to me, is a little bit of a, oh, will he start it? But yes, he will start him. Should he? No. So you don't start Ronaldo, but you rely on him to win you the game very late on, Luis. Yeah, in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Very fickle. Yeah. <laughs> very fickle. Hey, good thing I'm not the manager, forward. right? Good thing I'm not the manager. <laughs> I've got a word with Fernando Santos. Find out what's going on. Very fickle. Um, we're going to throw it even further forward to Saturday. We've been catching up with our colleagues, Alexis and Nadem, out there in Qatar. And Nadem has a feeling that this could be one of the games of the tournament so far, this quarterfinal. Here they are. Mbappe, I think, has done really well in the tournament. But I think some of that comes because he's playing like alongside Teo Hernandez. Mm. I think the way that they work together down that left-hand side is very, very significant. It's a prominent part of their attack. But I think Julian would say himself, Hernandez isn't the best defensively. So there is the other side to the game where, you know, the assumption will be that they just bomb forward, bomb forward, bomb forward. But it's a two-way game. Yeah. So I think some France do have some weaknesses, but in Mbappe, you know, he's without a doubt one of the quickest players in world football. There are probably one or two that may be quicker than him. I personally don't think Kyle Walker is that. So when somebody says it'll be in the back pocket, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> but for me, in terms of the strategy that sort of England will take forward in terms of trying to exploit the weaknesses that they have, then it's great. You know, it makes for a very, very good match. Mbappe will likely be the best player on the field. That's fine. Mm. But it doesn't mean that France are definitely going to win because of it, because England have their own ideas, they have their own strategy. And if they want to be able to defend against Mbappe, he needs to defend against Mbappe and those other people around him. And I think, in fairness to Gareth Southgate and to the players, I think some of the British press or the English press were very quick at saying that England are getting ready for France and are disregarding Senegal. Yeah. But I think for the, um, for the way that that management is and those players are, it's one game at a time and they'll be really focusing in on making sure they do the good job. 
The English press getting ahead of themselves? Not, uh, not, not very like them. It was, yeah, <laughs> listen, it was ridiculous. I had to speak somewhere today, and they were talking about how you shouldn't play Kyle Walker in this game because you need to rest him for the France game. And I was like, it felt embarrassing uh -huh. to even be discussing something like that. Not like, like England fans or supporters to get ahead I of themselves. Say, I must say, I must say, sorry to jump in. But most of the England fans I've seen here have been perfectly reasonable. I don't yeah. know if that's to do with the alcohol, but they've been perfectly or the lack thereof. yes. But they've been perfectly reasonable, and it's good to see them positive because I think it's very easy to sort of be very negative about that England side. But for now, people went to the game. They were a bit bored in the first 20, 30. Yeah. But come the end of it, they very much enjoyed it. So England basically have everything it takes, even defensively, to deal with France. Well, I think that it's a game between two imperfect sides. And as a consequence, you know, there are going to be little details that will make the difference. And France are the reigning champions, but mm. England are a side who feel supremely confident because they kind of understand what they need to do to win games these days. So I think, as I say, I keep saying it, but I think it's going to be a fantastic game and arguably one of the best ones of the tournament, I predict. Yep, I'm, I'm with Nadem 100%. It's going to be a good game. And I, I like Alan Shearer said as well back in, uh, in English TV about how, like, you know what? Yes, France are killing Mbappé, et cetera. But England should also be a team that's feared because this is a very good side. What do you, what do you think, uh, James, of this matchup? I mean, plenty of talent everywhere. The defending champion uh, and, and England, who's, like, clearly looking good, feeling confident. What do you make of this matchup? My view on this is that if England are to win this game that I think they have to go for it. I don't... There have been phases in the games, even the games they've won out here, where they've been quite passive in possession. Think about the first half now against Senegal. It was, let's feel our way into the game. And they were getting pressed and they were giving the ball away. Senegal created a couple of chances, didn't take them. One really good save from Jordan Pickford. I think if they try and be methodical and try and be ultra-pragmatic against France. France have got the players to nick, to nick a goal, nick a win, knock them out. I think if England go on the front foot, they can cause problems. And, and this really comes down to just how brave Gareth Southgate is going to be with his team selection. In the past, generally speaking, when he's played a team that he thinks is better than England, he's gone to a back three, which effectively is a back five, and tried to almost wait it out against these teams. When he's felt they're the better side, as he has done in all four of these games so far, he's played 4-3-3 and tried to really, not go for it necessarily, but really give the players a bit more of a license to, to, to attack and, and burst into life as they did in that Senegal game. I think if they try and, I'm not saying go gung-ho, all guns blazing, but I would like them to just stick with the same system and more or less the same approach, but just be a little bit more on the front foot from the get-go, rather than thinking, let's try and feel our way into this and let's, let's not lose it. I think if the plan is to just not lose it, they will lose it, because they'll concede too much ground, too much territory. Think about what happened in the European Championship final. It came out, it was scored. 1-0, Italy had gone. Didn't know how to handle it. They weren't expecting the change to the back three. They could have gone, gone for the throat and killed the game. Didn't. Allowed Italy to get back into it. Second half, we started controlling the ball, equalised, gradually conceded territory. And OK, it ended up losing on the penalty shootout. But all the impetus went from the play. Think about what happened in 2018. England, Croatia, semi-final. Went 1-0 up. Looked good on the front foot. Then started to get tired. Gradually started to concede possession. Dropped back. Conceded an equaliser. Went out in extra time. If, they, if, they tr if that pattern continues again, they will lose to France. But if they can stay on the front foot and really believe that they can win and be brave and take risks and keep pushing forward, even if they do get that early goal, 
they can do it. They can beat France. They've shown it. They've got the, the attacking players. I don't see, particularly in France's midfield, anything to be particularly worried about. You think about, obviously, N'Golo Kante and Paul Pogba not being there. Huge bonus for England. Also, you think about the runners in behind. You're not, you know, Olivier Giroud's not going to get in behind you. You've only really got to worry about, only got to worry about Mbappe and Dembele. But those those issues are going to come out wide. And you, in Kyle Walker in particular, everybody talks about his recovery pace. You know where those threats are going to come from. I think he might pick someone on the left side. Uh, if he sticks with 4-3-3, he can pick someone on the left side with pace, thinking about going the other way. But England have just got to believe they can win this game and play in that manner. Play with that front foot risk-free, um, risk-taking style. And if they do, I think they can win it. Oh, OK. Well, Mbappe, the big difference maker then. Actually, Bukayo Saka in his press conference today he had a strange question put to him, linking him to Kylian Mbappe. I know you were there, James. So before we hear from you on it, let's see Asaka himself. Hi, Bukayo. Um, tournaments like the World Cup make stars. And in Russia, it was Kylian Mbappe bursting onto the scene. You are already a star, but considering how well you've been playing, do you think you'll be the Kylian Mbappe of this World Cup? <laughs> First of all, thank you um, for the compliment. But... Um, no, I think I think there's only one killing Mbappe, and at the same time, there's only one me. You know, I just want to be myself and help my team in the best way I can. You know, there's a lot of young players in this tournament. I can name so many, and even in our team, you know, there's another um, young player alongside us doing unbelievable, unbelievably well, and Jude Bellingham as well. So I'm just happy that we're we're all here, we're all doing well, and the priority is to try and win the tournament rather than be the um, player of the tournament or young player of the tournament, like you said. Uh, nice stuff. So you were there, James. What, what what were you thinking when you were there? First time I've ever heard Kylian Mbappé and Bakayo Saka compared together, ever. I, I, I don't think that is a thing that people are doing, frankly. I, but I thought he handled it very well. He's a, he's a, I know him a little bit covering Arsenal. He's, a, he's, such a, he's a great kid, you know, really, really humble, really down to earth takes you know but takes things like that in his stride and knows how to sort of reframe it um as he did there i thought very well um look i mean he's you know he's he's banging the mix now to start isn't he i mean he, he knows he's got a battle to get in the team he plays for let alone to be in the team of the tournament or the young player of the tournament um and he knows that's the battle he's got to win first i mean it'd be difficult for gareth Southgate to drop him i think after the way he played against senegal but um you know, he, he knows the, the, the attacking options that England have got. Um, and yeah, that's the first battle he has to win before we can think about killing Mbappe. I mean, let's be honest, Mbappe, you know, last last World Cup, he scored four goals. He scored in the final. He became the second teenager ever to score in the final. And he's gone on to become one of the top players in the world. But Kyo Saka could, could do something similar one day, but he is several steps behind killing Mbappe, as I think, as he pretty much alluded to there, he would admit himself. You know what, just very quickly, to the thing about this England team and everything that we've been talking about, I, you know what, there's so much youthful talent here that it's not just, I mean, to James's point, Bukaya Saka was excellent there, but like, you know, think about Phil Foden and Jude Bellingham, Saka, you know, there is such an energy to this England side that they, they, they are so happy and content on being themselves and that's what gets me really excited about this England team. The future is the present. And that's the most important thing, I think. I love him. And Go ahead, James. 
I was just going to say that, you know, they need to, rather than comparing about, you know, Mbappe and Saka, Saka's right. They need to think about themselves. They need to think about the damage that they can do, not be worrying about Mbappe. This is the this is the mindset switch flick that I've been talking about all tournament, where Southgate's got England to this position by deconstructing the problems that they've had in the past, not making those same mistakes. Brilliant. They've now got to a point where they don't need to think about what can go wrong. They need to think about what can go right. And that's why, obviously, obviously, you need to plan for Mbappe. They need to be diligent. They need to be responsible. But they also need to realise how good they are and go and go and express themselves, take risks, move the ball quickly. Think about Saka, getting Saka going, going to France's back four and what Bale has to deal with. Don't just think about containing Mbappe and hoping we can create something off the back of it. Yeah, there's some brilliant young players at England to watch. Can't wait for that game. James, it's been so great to have you here with us. And uh, we'll no doubt be speaking to you again very soon. Oh, somebody else who was at that game is Alexis Nunes, and she is here with us now. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait to hear, Alexis, what you have to say about what you saw tonight. Hey, guys. Yeah, we're literally just outside uh, the stadium. It was the last game at this stadium, too, that famous stadium that's built with the containers. So they're probably going to start tearing it down tomorrow, but that's all about the sustainability. But what an absolute game for all Brazil fans. Are you not entertained? I mean, that was an amazing display, finally, of Joga Bonito, because I think after the last match, a lot of people had questions about Brazil. They came in as favorites, and they were wondering, are they really just Neymar dependent? Uh, Jules on ESPN FC yesterday said he's worried about France because now they're Kylian Mbappe dependent, whereas in England, you know, aren't really dependent on anyone with the, the talent that they have even coming off the bench. And we know that this Brazil team is stacked, but when Neymar wasn't there, they were just missing something. And today, they absolutely showed up. Of course, he was back, and he just brings such light and, and, and passion to this team as well. I mean, I was probably three rows. I had some very fancy seats, I'm not going to lie. Uh, three rows up from the pitch and the passing, the pace on the passing and some of the turns with the likes of Vinny Jr. And, and which I get to see, you know, week in, week out. You know that, Kay, we watch him so closely in at Real Madrid for our La Liga coverage. But absolute filth. As Ale Moreno would say, absolute <laughs> filth, but of the good variety. This is the Brazil that we all want to see. And everyone will probably start to say, look, it's, it's only Korea Republic. Well, you can only really beat who's in front of you, Argentina. I got to watch them against Brazil. That was probably the best atmosphere. I mean, against Australia, not yet Brazil. And, well, you know, I you spoke know, so to Luis after that match. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I got to watch them in that match. And look, you, people could say it was only Australia. And apart from Leo Messi... Uh, everyone else or that Argentina performance was kind of just okay enough to get through. Australia definitely, I felt, should have walked out of that match as the prouder side. But today, it was all Brazil. This is why, you know, so many people around the world fell in love with that Brazilian way of playing. As people still say, the English invented it, but the Brazilians perfected it. And we saw that on display today. And, and you really see how crucial Neymar is to this team he came around after and just gave everyone a round of applause. They were so happy to see him. Fans just had get well soon. Uh, Pele banners in the crowd. You really feel that this is truly a country united for more reasons than just the football. And I think that that's something that will definitely help to propel them if they want to go all the way to the final. Not just to the final, because this is Brazil we're talking about. Just getting to the final is not enough for them. They want to win it. 
they've gone through some heartbreaking years in international tournaments. And if they play like this, I mean, why can't we call them favorites? You know what? I don't like this, uh, Kay, because Alexa is really just making me feel very jealous that she was three seats up from watching this beautiful Brazilian display. Then she's, she's talking about Leo Messi and how she's in Spain Thanks, every week. Alexis, it's not fair, Alexis. It's not fair. <laughs> hey, listen. I mean, before, will it just feel better because I'm running on like five hours of sleep in the last 48 hours. So I don't feel sorry for you. I don't feel sorry for you. No, <laughs> tremendous stuff, Alexis. Let me ask you something before we let you go. From what you have seen, are we going to see a South American nation win the World Cup? What do you think? Oh, my days. That is that is a tough one. And that's one that we've been talking about so much, because I think up to this point, if I had to choose the most complete team, the team that genuinely doesn't really, based on what they do on the pitch, doesn't really give me any doubts, uh, that would actually be England. Um, I think defensively, they are great. Uh, going forward, we know they're attacking talent. And that bench, we talk about how deep this squad is. And you look at club football, you see how much having a deep bench helps the likes of Manchester City. And England look like that. I think we'll see what comes after France. But on the other side of the draw, where you have Brazil and Argentina, if I have to look, I'm still not 100% convinced with Argentina. You know, I spoke to one of the fans after and he was like, look, this Argentina isn't playing like Argentina, but Leo Messi will always be Leo Messi. And I mean, you can put whatever formation out there. Uh, Leo Messi will definitely find a way through it because he is who he is. As for Brazil, from what I have seen tonight, and again, people will probably, or haters will hate and say that this is only South Korea. It doesn't matter. We know this Brazil team is very good and they just look like a team on a mission. Of course, they're going to have... A tougher time, you would probably think, against Croatia. Argentina, arguably, have the tougher match with the Netherlands. But I think definitely Argentina or Brazil, uh, if they're in the final and they're, hosting, and they're holding up that trophy at the end of this all, I don't think anyone should be surprised. But if I had to go one way, based on what I've seen from the last two matches, I'm going to go with Brazil. <laughs> yeah. Alexis, it's so great to have you with us. We'll let you get some rest. You absolutely deserve it. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. She's been doing a wonderful job. You can catch her often as well on ESPN FC, most nights, actually, if you are watching along there. Anyway, that will do it for me and Luis. We will be back tomorrow. and We've already got so many headlines to be looking at when it comes to those games. So make sure you join us. It's Morocco against Spain, Portugal against Switzerland. We will be here, as always. Make sure you are.